to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. Hey, everybody! Simpler Live! We're doing an episode, but woohoo! Yeah! So if so, here at the conference, this is session number six, and so uh, the, the, the little camp, the camp tiredness, I guess. Yeah. You get this. So everybody, stick your hands in the air like you just don't care. Everybody, shake them around, and then open your eyes real big like you're a lion. Ah! And then Dude, like lion? the lions have that's what big we eyes? yeah that's what we had to do in theater. You go make a big face like a lion's. You go ah. We'll make a okay. Make and then a, big a small face, face like I'm... a mouse. You go ooh. And because uh, you guys know in nature how lions look at mice and they go, rah, and then in mice go, ooh. <laughs> wow. And they respond with small faces. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm educated. It was on Discovery. Oh, okay. It's just, yeah. <laughs> just basic zoology, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, right. I'm a college dropout, so. Yeah, me a, too, I, dude. I probably missed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as they taught me that, I was like, science is bogus. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not here for it, man. Speaking of bad debt, <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You guys having a fun time at the Simpler Conference? Yeah. Let it be known to the people listening that next year they should be here. So yeah, yeah. It's a good time. We've simplified. We've been learning. We've been going, and we're still rocking it. We're still doing it. So you guys listening to the podcast or watching? Let me point all the cameras. Um, you guys are hearing this a few weeks later. Um, I guess, yeah, just two weeks later. Mm-hmm. This this will air. This will go on to Spotify and everything at the end of May. 31st. Um, yes, May 31st. Boom. Awesome. Great. You guys doing all right? You guys, have you guys enjoyed the conference so far? It's been a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Good. What about you, Micah? Yep. <laughs> it's been awesome. It's been a good time. We love, we love this. We just love the opportunity yeah, yeah. to have these conversations. It's great. Absolutely. Steven, what about you, man? You got a microphone? It's been great. Hey! hey! And we have Essence of Steven now available. True. In actual form. You can Absolutely purchase it. Ridiculous. It's on our clearance section of the merch store. <laughs> True. Plain, plain vanilla, just like Steven. Plain vanilla. <laughs> yeah, Pierce was like, hey, what's, what scent should we do for Steven's air freshener? I was like, well, it's white, so you got to do vanilla. Well, I know. I, like, I, really, I really liked the coffee, the coffee, and I liked the beer one, too. He's not mocha. No, he's, he's not. Yeah. He's white. Plain vanilla. You're right. I mean, it was... If they had a Cheeto dust smell, then oh. yes. But I mean, the they did Cheeto. So, you know, okay. Now that you're seeing him in person, look at him. Isn't that a hot Cheeto sitting over there? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, let's. Uh, you're like, hey, s- are you eating a thousand calories a day? Because you look like a hot Cheeto. Yeah. Are, you, are you trying to pick up Steven? What's happening over here? Let's just do a little sidestep over to the PCC. Come on, everybody. Let's go over to the corner. We're here. Everybody. You already seen it. I don't have to say take a seat. All right, everybody all together. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, oh wow. that was beautiful. And the, wow. And the world changed for the Boy. better. <laughs> Dr. Pepper still not a sponsor. I, Colin didn't even buy hey. these. We had to buy them. Oh, mine didn't even open all the way. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I thought you were going to dump it in your lap. Delay. <laughs> That's what I expected <laughs> to have happen. <laughs> Is, 
When, when do we start our third season? It'll be in June. Yeah. yeah. So this, so, so this, this episode is, is episode of the season, season two. finale of yeah. season two. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. We should end on a cliffhanger. Is one of us, are one of us going to die? What's going to happen in season three? I know, right? Well, so one, PCC. Of us falls, one of us falls on the ground and starts having a seizure. And yeah, like, no. Tune in next week. <laughs> yeah, no, just, it just cuts off. <laughs> what happened at the Simpler conference? Okay. So in the PCC today, um, I noticed that I, well, first of all, the past like six of them have been like just the heaviest things ever. <laughs> so this one, not so much. Um, but I, maybe for you guys, I might be calling past out. six. Episodes of of simpler Paxis oh, yeah, yeah. PCCs have been like oh yeah abortion Gosh, abortion transgender just like just like all of the things going on politically right now yeah um and just like hey th- let's really talk about it um today we're gonna talk about something that uh, frustrates me and I'm learning how to how to respond to the frustration well um, people. Mm. Miss just people. Oh. <laughs> I was like, man, I, what's the deal with people? Yeah, I was like, you've been outside like- recently. They're everywhere. <laughs> Speaking of culture, uh, man, parking, like just parking in general. And you want to know, you want to know what what really why why the frustration started. Well, first of all, you can just go park in any parking lot or just drive around a parking lot and think, well, that guy parked wrong or that person parked wrong or however. And it can be like your standard. And I think you do have to like clean, wipe that clean. But there is a parking lot standard. Like there are literally lines. <laughs> I'm going to teach you guys. <laughs> there are <laughs> oh, lines okay, okay. to park into, and there are spots that do or do not belong to you. There are handicapped spots, and if you're handicapped, you park in the handicapped spots. It, there are, I, I really like this one. If you have children, some of the stores have like people that have children. And I'm like, I have a, I have <laughs> a baby with me. I will gladly take this spot well, and well, have to unload my child. We have, a, we have somebody in our audience who... Uh, he and his he and his mother go shopping every Tuesday for grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Do y'all park in that spot? She they, parks in that spot. You're her because, child. Yeah, because he's with her. <laughs> it works. Yeah, I mean, they didn't specify. They didn't. You are literally the child, right? They didn't say how old exactly, you exactly. Yeah, there's not an age limit on it. Exactly, but you're, yeah. you're, you're really there with there, your Colin? mom. <laughs> you y'all really park there, Colin? Yeah, I mean, she's got to unload him and get him into the store. So <laughs> I want to see you like strapped into the, oh, to the please. cart next Tuesday. Please sit in the cart and let her push you for a little oh, bit. Oh man! If you'll tell me which store you're going to, I want to be there. I'll film it. Yes. Uh, so what got me thinking about it though? So basic rules of of parking lots. If like most of us in the room drive or have been to a parking lot, so we understand the lines. We understand the spots. We understand those types of things. They're also like veteran spots and so on and so forth. Um, for the professionals for exactly. But the, but the, but the big ones are usually handicapped spots or non-handicapped spots and just following the lines. Those are the general rules of a parking lot. What got me thinking about it, um, was where I drop off my daughter for, for her, her daycare stuff. And there was, I understand the school mentality. It's very hurry based. I got to drop off my kids and get to school. So there's a lot of like grace in my mind coming into this situation. There's a few people that like would just pull in and park not in a handicap spot, but like horizontally through three handicap spots. And I was like, and this happened multiple times. First time I was like, you're just in a hurry. You're a little bit late. Maybe you thought no one would be here. I'm a little bit late. And so like, yeah, sure. And maybe I haven't seen anybody handicapped drop off their kids. Maybe you know more than I do. And then it happened several more times. 
And then I realized there was actually two or three grandmas that are pregnant that are sorry, pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) That are handicapped. Pregnant grandmas. That Sarah and Abraham. Keeping you on your toes. (laughs) (laughs) That are handicapped that do drop off their kids. And so now it's like, it's not just in that situation, the only reason why you're parking that way is only for you. Like it's just your I'm break you're breaking the rules for your convenience, for your time and everything else, and you're blocking out those spots. I have a lot of time to think about this in the parking lot of these places. <laughs> and I there was a there was a meme going around for a while that said one of the most selfless things in, in our culture is what do you do with a shopping cart when you're done with it? Because there is, you don't get, you don't gain something from returning it, um, but you also not returning it. That's only for you and you and your convenience. It's an inconvenience for something else. They were pointing out the duality of that, and I began to think about that mindset when it comes to parking as well. There is literally in the in the realms of dis- disobeying, not following the parking lot rules. That is only for you and your convenience. It's an inconvenience for everybody that has to follow your now new rules of the parking lot. Um, That same week, and I was already like on a peak of frustration developing these thoughts and thinking about these things. um, Another person just parked in the middle of the road. There's like 50 parking spots. Why, why did you just you stay like middle of the road? I, sorry, it was like a, I shouldn't say the road. Uh, the you know like the the throughways. What yeah. would you call the, in, in a the parking, parking lot? lot. Yeah. yeah, aisle is who said that? Is that what you call? Okay, cool. Yeah. So the driving aisle, um, aisle nine. They were they were just parked <laughs> right right in the middle. Like I had to swerve around to miss them. So now not only is it a like. These are kids walking around the parking lot, man. I'm having to like drive out of the way into other areas. I don't know. There's just, that was only, and I want to go to these people and be like, not out of frustration. I mean, it started from frustration, sure. But be like, why? Why? Why, why are you so important? Like, like why? Yeah. <laughs> but even from that standpoint, just legitimately like, hey, can you change this? Because it's a huge inconvenience for everybody else. And there's multiple actually handicapped people that need to use these spots that you're blocking. And you're literally, I need you to drive. Like, you're just blocking the whole path. <laughs> like, we need to do this. Can you just stop? But I know in our culture that like, how are people going to respond? Very mean. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna be like, you got a problem with my parking, dude? Yes. Like, yeah. I would say, yes, I do. There's a lady who used to play organ in my dad's church to tell you how old she was. Um, because she played organ in my dad's church. But she was trying to get into a handicap spot at church one day. I think Cammie, you were there with me. Where we were standing outside the car watching. She pulls into the spot and the car on the other side, like parked across from her, had pulled in a little bit too far. So like they were in her spot. She had like one of those old beater Buicks. Mm-hmm. She comes in and goes boom and hits the car. And like both cars go up like this. She backs up and goes boom and hits the car again. She's like, I'm parking in this spot. It's this my spot. That's how you deal with it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 So if that's you, I green tomato reference there. Yeah. I don't mean to call you out, but I also very much mean to call you out. Don't, oh, no, no. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't be out. those people. Like, don't make yeah. your life isn't all about yeah. you. Like, uh, if the, you, the, phrase that, the parking lot isn't all about you and your convenience. <laughs> and if you park. feel the need to take up four spots, why are you doing that up in the front? Yeah, you know? yeah, that's another thing too. Is that like, like if you do have a big on. vehicle or have a trailer or something like that, there's all these different caveats and nuances. Uh, I think you should buy a truck. Thank you. That is lifted with like 40s for tires. Yes. That are 44s. Let's go 44s where you can't fit in a parking spot. I want to wa- start watching you drive around parking. I'm just gonna go parking in the dirt everywhere. 
<laughs> just park in people's yards. Park. <laughs> well, I didn't follow. I didn't follow those rules. I'm just gonna park in your yard. There's no rules in your yard. <laughs> park on top of the other cars. That's that are, right. Yeah, just full monster truck. You can rally. take the hybrid you have now and then park on top of it. That's right. That'd be great, man. Oh, I'd love it. Oh, people. Yeah. There is no way to transition from parking lots into what we're talking about. So Ryan, <laughs> what are we talking about today? Man? <laughs> <laughs> Parking lot, un- I mean, political unrest. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So today we're going to talk about hope uh, in times of political unrest and what it looks like for the Christian to continue to live out of hope and joy and peace uh, in the middle of uh, a government or a political environment that is chaotic or crazy or stressful. But or- Ryan, isn't the worst thing having to deal with high gas prices during political unrest? <laughs> well, actually, Pierce, I'm glad that yes. other people are hearing your stupidity. <laughs> you know, it's about time we let him go. Everybody, thank you, Pierce, for your time. This will be the last. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is it. <laughs> We're done. That's right. It's an intervention. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's actually what the this Simpler is Conference we've is. all these people yeah. here. Uh, you know, your questions for two years have been really stupid. And uh, yeah. 60, 60, nine episodes now and we're like come on man you know uh you know pierce uh, you know pierce okay 69 episodes in you don't even know you're lying i already said well (laughs) did you i'm sorry 69 episodes in and i don't listen to you man (laughs) i don't think this is actually 69 i think this is it doesn't matter this is 67 um oh i see what you're saying it kind of matters let me see here Hold on. Stop it. Okay. Just go. All right. So I'm going to, I'll keep going, but I'm going to look while I'm going. So the, the thing about the political unrest is that political unrest is not new and, uh, mm-hmm. and political unrest has been happening. I mean, the, the Christians who were Christians in the first century, um, they, they were not under a favorable government. They weren't under a government that cared about them or cared about their faith. And uh, where Rome was, not a benevolent government and uh and they had to develop their faith and they had to develop uh serving christ and uh, we we know that for the first few hundred years of christian faith maybe not the first few hundred years because by 161 ad the uh the uh, you, you couldn't be uh thrown to the lions anymore not technically legally but you could still be burned at the stake and so christians were being martyred pretty regularly the first few hundred years and we know that today even today in 2022 all around the world there are christians who are facing uh, hostile or unjust governments. I think I think one of the biggest problems that we face in times of political unrest is that we we think of ourselves first as political people or uh, being very specific to the West and being very spe- specific to the United States, we think of ourselves first as Americans, or we think of ourselves first as conservatives or whatever our political party is or whatever our p- political bent is. And we forget that in order for us to be able to endure times of political unrest, we have to remember that first we belong to Christ. Yeah. And, and if that's not the frame of reference for how we're doing life, listen, like I said this to you guys last night in the first part of the conference, that you're going to get really tired of it, but the reality is that Christ is core for everything. And, and if people, you know, like people used to joke about it all the time that the Sunday school answer is Jesus. But as believers, if Christ isn't, isn't the foundation for everything we do and everything we believe, then that's problematic. Can, can you have a political bend? Can you be more political uh, than your neighbor? Micah is definitely more political than I am. And I learned a lot from Micah. He, he's kind of my pulse, like in terms of politics. So like I'll, 
I'll listen to him. And I watch some stuff on politics, but definitely Pierce and Mike are way more political than I am in their thinking and in their education and what they're learning about. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being political and there's nothing wrong, I think, with being more passive in the politics. What we cannot be is less Christian. Uh, what we have to be is people who are representing Christ in our political environment, because the reality is, and this is the reference I always use, and some people will know it now from the one that was done in 2012, but Red Dawn, remember the movie Red Dawn? So the original was awesome. I haven't seen the second one, but loved the original. And uh, Wolverines, uh, anyway, uh, if, if we have a Red Dawn situation tomorrow, and the government system under which we are currently living is done away with, it will not change who we are in Christ. Yeah. Um, and the way we interact with the political system we're under then will be different, but who we are as believers and what we profess about Christ and how we live for Christ will be unchanged. And so I think that as we face political unrest, I, I think these, the, these last few years in our country have been times of political unrest uh, lots of different things, uh, racial divides and political divides and economic divides. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll fall into worry, as you said before, Micah, when we were uh, talking about the topic. But like people will, will uh, disintegrate into worry and fear and forget who they are in Christ or will become political activists with that being the only goal. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a political activist if that's your bent. I think being a political activist for the sake of being a political activist is problematic if if it doesn't have at its core Christ. So I think pending how we just how we describe or define yeah. political activism because I think sure. that activism nowadays usually implies some pretty intense stuff. Sure. What you mean is like standing up for something political. 100%. I, I would be I think it'd be better not to say political activists. Um, well, I'm fine with that because I'm probably not going to be one anyway. It's, it's like, so you're saying it's not, it's fine to stand up for something you believe in on a political level, but we, what you're saying is that can't, what, what typically happens is you end up being like First Baptist Dallas, where you're like, you worship Trump. Right. That's not across the board. It's not everybody there, but like, I mean, they do fireworks on July 4th in the service. <laughs> Inside and the sanctuary. Yeah. Not even joking. And it's like, yeah. there's... My dad immigrated to the U.S. legally, yeah, and made something of himself in the U.S. I, I love this country. This country is the dopest country on the face of the earth. Um, but what gives me my worth and identity is Jesus. Right. I want to celebrate the country, but not when we've gathered to worship Jesus. Yeah. And that's the that's what happens is if those things become forefront for us, right? Then what happens in a situation where? Like you're a church like First Baptist Dallas, and then Biden gets elected, and now what you're known for is your distaste of politics rather than Jesus. It doesn't matter that you have those bends. It's fine to have the political opinions, but when that becomes forefront, then your whole identity rests on those things. And when it doesn't go your way, you feel worry, you feel fear, you feel all these things that don't need to be there. Right. Um, to your point, even now, there's Christians across the world who are suffering and being killed. For the gospel. In fact, I think I heard recently the voice of the martyrs said, like in the last, I don't know, five to ten years, there's been more Christians killed killed Kiel. than killed. <laughs> what is that? Oh, that's the dude from uh Forge and Fire. Yeah. The Filipino dude. That's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> 
Yeah. Uh, there's been more Christians killed killed in like the last 10 years than in the history of Christianity. Wow, really? Like wow. put together, something like that. And we don't hear about it as much because this isn't the forefront of what... The Voice of the Martyrs and organizations like that are the only ones who are talking about it. Right. No major news network who's supported by Pfizer is going to be, sorry, be promoted, uh, <laughs> promoting this, this kind of stuff. Because so there are people literally now, Christians dying in the midst of political unrest. And what I hear, the stories I hear are like people in China uh, banging pots and pans when they worship. They'll have a couple people like dedicated to banging pots and pans so that people outside can't hear them singing because they get arrested and maybe killed. That's how their response is to a, a corrupt government. Right. Instead, I doubt that they like it. They're probably not like, yeah, we love this communist stuff. Right. But but they're, it doesn't change who they are in Christ. So this is the idea is like we can't, we have the luxury here in the United States to make politics something that is very, very, very important for us. Mm -hmm. And I like it. I like the opportunity. The tendency is that we tend to make that more important than Jesus. Right. We're, I, I think a lot of times we as Christians would rather be martyrs for our political cause than we would be for Jesus. And I think that's problematic. If, if, if you're willing to be vilified on social media because of a political stance more, if that carries more weight for you than your your affection for Christ and the gospel, right. then something's imbalanced. Right. Um, and and so we have to remember that, like um, the Bible says, Christ says that we will be Christians will be persecuted and put to death in all nations because of Him. Like, uh, I don't know. Like a lot of people are like, man, I, if the government comes after our church. Usually what people mean when they start talking like that is if the government comes after our church building. And we've said before that like if the government comes after our church, no big deal. We'll redefine what it looks like. We'll well not no big deal, but like well, we'll but still yeah. we'll still keep going. I mean, we won't be we won't be shut down because they condemn a building. You know, like that's not the church for us. And so uh the this idea of political I don't know. I it's the hope. Yeah. Our hope and Jesus allows us to suffer well, no matter what's going on in the world. Right. I think that's the simpler view I'll give it to you now is like mm -hmm. our hope in Jesus allows us to suffer whatever circumstances happen in the world around us. Yeah. We're looking forward to a kingdom and it's, it's Hebrews 11, you know, that, that Abraham and the forefathers, uh, Abraham and the forefathers, uh, didn't receive what was promised, but they looked at it and they welcomed it from afar um, and, and it says, because they were looking for a kingdom whose foundations, whose builder was God. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so we're looking forward to a heavenly kingdom. Like this idea, like uh, some Christians have the idea that, man, if we could, if we Christians could just band together, we could make the United States a Christian nation. And I, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad goal. I just don't think that's the end. I don't mm -hmm. think that's the end goal. Well, and it's never worked. It's not going to work no. because the world doesn't know Jesus, but like, if that's really what you're passionate about. That's what Constantine tried to do, and he created something that I'm going to call the institutionalization of with the church, Yes, which was, I, in my opinion, one of the downfalls of, of where we've come to. Yeah. Now that's why you have people across the world who call themselves Christians but have never talked about faith in Jesus. Yep, exactly. So that's the institution that happens. So if your goal is the institution, you've missed the gospel. Right. Yeah. And, and it just it can't be our primary aim. It can't mm. be our primary goal. Like... Uh, um. Paul, I don't know, like at some point, at some point, your faith is going to 
our faith will have us ostracized from our government. At some point, the government takes... It, one of the things that I think back to, when was it? I mean, I know it's been a decade, but when was it that, that Mitt Romney was running? Uh, who was it? Was it Romney? Yeah, nobody remembers because it sucks. <laughs> yeah, and uh, right? He's the Mormon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Momo. And, and every, everybody was like, everybody was like, oh man, we got to vote for Romney because he, he's a Christian. He has Christian values. First of all, he's not a Christian. And second of all, if Christian values are the goal, if morality is the goal, we've missed the gospel also. Mm-hmm. Like we can, we can teach people to, to or, live morally. I, I think what you're talking about is the blend. Like, I don't even think you can go past that because what they've done is they've blended politics the yeah. and Christianity and they're two separate things. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Um, this is probably going to throw a lot of people off, but like I, I probably have a different stance politically on homosexual marriage than you, you would think, um, because to be consistent biblically, I can't be for biblically any marriage that's not between two people of faith mm-hmm. period, no matter what their sexuality is. So I don't feel yeah, different be- because of what marriage was created. For. Correct. So yeah, I don't feel different in terms of like God's intention for marriage. I don't feel like it's different in terms of not achieving that. Um, if it's two people of not of faith, what, no matter their sexuality, are there different consequences culturally? Yes, but that's not what we mean. So like, I can't say I will never be in politics. I would get kicked down in a week, but if <laughs> I could never say in politics, like here's my stance on homosexual marriage because of the Bible. Cause if that's the case, I'm not a fan of everybody, anybody in America getting married that aren't people of faith. You know what I mean? We can't have that stance. So it shifts. Now I don't view my stance in politics always based on what the Bible says, trying to give a Christian value. Right. But I, my, I have thoughts as an American culturally that is affected by, influenced by my perspective within right. Christianity. I think that's the difference is instead of saying I'm trying to make our culture have the same morals as us through my voting or my politics, we say I have opinions on politics, but those are just my opinions. Right. As an American, I have the option and choice to vote and have a voice on those things. But so as I a do. believer, follower of Jesus, my ultimate goal is that people know Jesus. That's right. why what should be different about us is we, we would see someone like and some of these protests that are happening, I mean, obviously we're not going to go to like a crazy protest where it's like violent, but like there probably are, but like, I, I wonder how many people are going to some of these protests, like loving people for the sake of the gospel. Right. Instead of saying like, I hate you because we disagree on politics. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like, that's how we should handle it, but I'm just saying yeah. like, what if our, what if our goal was first gospel? Like, are we so concerned about our politics that we forget these are all people that need Jesus? Yeah. We're, we're more concerned with people alike. coming to our side or our political viewpoint than we are that people would right. be saved. And the point I think is in the midst of this topic is if that's our, if that's our perspective, we will probably always find unrest along with the world yeah. because our hope is now not not being set on Jesus our hope is being set on our yep. circumstances yeah if if the hope in political unrest is that we can make the political system better your hope is in a really crappy thing right uh, because so make the political system better but not as your hope but that's not your hope that's right. not your goal um it, it, one of the things you know uh Pierce talked about his dead dad so I'll talk about mine uh <laughs> And, uh, but before my dad died, you know, a lot of people were like, man, do you hope that your dad like will apologize to you and your mom and your sisters and like make things right? And I was like, why? You know, like, but no, I I mean, I hope that my dad will meet Jesus, you know, like him apologizing to me 
he doesn't know Christ. Him apologizing to me, he still goes to hell, but great. He's apologized to me. Like, no, I want my dad to know Jesus. And so same thing with my, my dad was an unjust, selfish, self-centered person. And a lot of people thought did he that, drive on the asphalt. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and a lot of people thought that the fix for my dad was him becoming nicer or becoming moral. And that's not the fix for my father. The fix for my father was Christ. And so uh, the goal for our, our political system isn't like we count things now in our politics, we count things by the number of votes, like in almost everything now in our political system is measured by one vote, you know, like in the House and Congress. And it's just like so narrow. And we're like, man, if we can just get a few more votes this way, then our political system's fixed. And it's not. And it's fine to want one or two more votes so that things can move a direction that you like. That's what Mike is saying. Like, It's okay to have a preference and to say that, man, we'd like to see our government move this way. One of the things that I get really tired about or tired of is I get tired of Christians who say, you need to vote your Christian convictions. I think that's impossible in politics. I really do. Um, because I think that like, show me somebody who's whose real true aim is Jesus in politics. Hardly ever are they the last two standing, you know? And, and so like, my attitude has become, and kind of what Michelle and I do is we'll like, well, we live in this country and our kids are going to live in this country. So we're going to vote the way that we would like to see the country go. Meanwhile, we're Christian people over here raising our kids to love Jesus, no matter the circumstances. It's not your hope. Do what? It's not your hope. Yeah. Like my, you're, you're going to, you're going to vote the way you vote, but to not have struggles in the midst of political unrest across the world we can't be so shaken by the direction of politics in our country. We can, right. or in the world, we can have opinions on it. We can try to shape it. We can try to move it forward, but that can't be our identity and our worth and our hope. Right. Is, is what we're saying. If Jesus is our identity, worth and hope, then no matter what happens in the world, we are still able to find comfort and peace and rest. Well, and if, and here's the other thing, like we're so Western in our thinking, we believe that, you know, God wants our political situation to be better. If, if that's true, I, I'm, I'm thinking all the way back to God calling Abraham out and saying, come and I'm going to make you into a nation. Like the people of God historically have never been in a politically restful situation mm -hmm. ever. So like if, if we're the special ones now, now's going to be the time that God makes America politically restful and at peace and comfortable, and it's going to be really, really good. Like, then does that make like does that make sense? Like, it's a, it's not ever going to happen. No, I mean, I think if you if you if you look at what's coming, you're depending on your eschatology viewpoint. Unless you think all of it's an allegory, what's coming is more and more and more political unrest across the world until it culminates when Jesus comes back and the nations gather before him to make war. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know Revelation super well. I know it better after our time on Staff Retreat a couple of years ago than I I did. But like. Uh, the B Babylon, Babylon's going to raise itself to power and it's going to like dominate the world. And then the world will get tired of Babylon and the Antichrist rises up as one of the generals of Babylon and overthrows Babylon. And then the whole world goes, oh man, thank you. You rescued us from Babylon. And then the whole world goes after the Antichrist and follows the Antichrist. But then that's not good. And now the Christians are like, all of it's not good. <laughs> like it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And we're like, man, like there's a little cynical side of me. I wonder what the gas prices will be then. I know, right? <laughs> there's a cynical side of me that's like, forget praying for political rest. Like 
Let's pl- pray for more political unrest and get so to the Jesus end of the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let, let's fast forward this thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 Christians start voting opposite of their, <laughs> their convictions. <laughs> Just like, okay, that guy feels a little bit antichristy. Vote. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm picking that guy. You know? So here's, a, here's a, just a little side note in all this, just with a little the, the idea of like, keep, like keeping the gospel in the forefront. Um, I don't know if you guys watched any of the, the videos where there are protesters protesting. Um, they're like pro-abortion people protesting. There was a video of this lady who was dancing literally in this like, like scantily clad leotard kind of setup in front of this Catholic church protesting. And she's got this like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a bunch of like stuffed animal looking babies tied all together in this rope. And she's literally dancing in front of this church yelling, I'm killing the babies. I'm killing the babies. She's like slapping it on the ground and she's leading this protest. And as I was watching this, I was thinking like, this is, this is, obviously I would disagree with her very much politically, (laughs) but like, this is the enemy. This is demonic. This is demonic. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and say what you said the other day, that the only place that we ever see this kind of behavior ever in the mm -hmm. history of the world is the worship of of pagan idols where they would sacrifice. Where they're sacrificing like Molech and things like this. So like, screw the politics. People need Jesus. Like this this is where we've come. Like we're so worried about whether or not this lady agrees with us on our our political viewpoint. Listen, I'm not... We could talk about politics another time. Like, I have a lot of opinions on it, but, like, our country needs Jesus. And if we're so concerned about whether or not this abortion bill um, or the Supreme Court decision goes through, which I'm a huge fan of, like, let's do that. But, like, if that's more important to us than people knowing Jesus, what we're going to keep seeing is more and more of this. And to your point, Ryan, like, it doesn't get better. But it was just a reminder to me of, like, how much this country needs Jesus, how much this world needs Jesus. The fix for this is not an agreement on politics. Um, the fix for this is is us continuing to be diligent in proclaiming the gospel yeah. so that people can be rescued from a situation where where you're influenced by demons to do this kind of I mean, I don't know how to say that any better. Like behind every no, no, idol no. is a demon. Like there's yeah, Deuteronomy 32, right? It's it's <clears throat> this isn't like we disagree on some social economic stuff. Like this is mind-blowingly right. awful. Yeah. And I know that it's it goes on across the world, and I know it's not something new, but it was just one of those moments maybe God was just reminding me, like. The gospel is the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, the, the problem for the Christian isn't how do we fix politics. When you see those videos, if your gut response is, man, we need to be, we need to be more politically proactive. I'm not saying that that can't be something you also do. But if your gut response is, I need to be more politically proactive, you're missing the point. People need Christ. And when we read like Isaiah 9 here, uh, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be up on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end, and the throne uh, on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. If you think that means America, 
<laughs> Read your Bible again. <laughs> this is this is when Christ returns. This is Daniel 7. This is Revelation 19 and 20, where Christ comes up before the Ancient of Days. I'm referencing Daniel 7 now and also Revelation 19. But the, the, the Son of Man approaches the Ancient of Days, and he receives a kingdom unto himself, and he becomes the, the king over all kingdoms. All the crowns of the world are on his head. All authority belongs to him, and he rules over. That's our hope. Yeah. That's our confidence. We, we we look at our kids, and I mean, Micah used the analogy, uh, and I know you just mentioned it in one of the other podcasts we've recently recorded, so they'll hear it soon anyway, but like Micah mentioned the idea of a father being having his kids killed in front of him if he doesn't deny his faith, and and in the original recording that, that you, you said that you would look at your kid and say, see you in a minute, yeah, you know, uh, and because our, our hope, our hope is in eternity. Um, these... We spend so much time as people trying to fix the temporary. Mm. We spend a lot of energy trying to fix the temporary. Mm. This body, this body that you're in right here, sitting now in this room or listening by a podcast somewhere, like this body doesn't inherit heaven, all right? Flesh and blood does not inherit the kingdom of heaven. We get new bodies. We get glorified bodies. We have something about us that's spirit that lasts forever. Uh, sun, moon, and stars don't make it into the next thing. Not even this globe that we're on right now makes it into the next because Peter tells us that the first heavens and earth were destroyed by a flood, but this heavens and earth will be destroyed by fire. And then God makes all things new. Like nothing, nothing that we find of value right now in this earth or in our own bodies or in our own possessions, none of it makes it to the next level. Mm -hmm. None of it. And God makes all things new. And to, to have our hope in that which is going to be destroyed I, it, one of the things that I've tried to, to live by in my own self is, I, and I, I'm not great at it. Uh, I definitely need to be better at it. But one of the things that I try to remind myself is if it won't matter after I'm dead, it doesn't really matter now. And Christ will still matter after I'm dead. So Christ matters now. Uh, the kingdom of heaven will matter when I'm dead because I'll die here and open my eyes in the presence and the glory of God. And so it, this, the, the aim is not to fix a political system. The hope is... Uh, like be proactive and have a voice and vote and do whatever you want to do. But like with your friends, let, let the crux of your conversation not be, man, we really need to change the political environment. Let the crux of your conversation be, man, isn't it really fantastic that we have hope in an eternal King mm -hmm. who sits on an eternal throne, whose love for us is never ending, uh, whose glory knows no end. And like, that's that's our life. That's our peace. That's our joy. And and that's what enables us to be able to endure in this moment. There's so many stories in the scripture and even post-scripture of of people of faith who um, are being treated wrongly by a corrupt government. Uh, I think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is an example. And Daniel or the King Nebuchadnezzar says, you got to bow. And they're like, we're not going to bow to you because we only serve one God. But um, but they still treated him though as king. Have you ever noticed that? Like there was a sense where there was never an uprising of Christians where they took up arms to fight the uh, the corrupt government. Right. They suffered whatever they suffered for the. Let me say it very clearly: for the sake of the faith, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the glory of God. Um, what the reason I say it that way is that's different in my mind than if someone's like. Um, hey, I don't like you because of something here on earth. Like, I don't like you because you play disc golf or like someone breaks into my house and says, give me your TVs. Like, that's not me suffering for the sake of Jesus. That's right. someone breaking into my house. So what I mean is like, there's never been an uprising against a corrupt government. I think the, of 
Um, <clears throat> like even in, in the sense of like Paul going into these towns that didn't welcome him, the, the one, I forget which town it is, he goes into, they stone him and throw him outside and then he gets back up and goes back in. Yeah. Uh, starts with an I. Iconium? Yeah. Sounds right. Um, he goes back in. Um, I, I think of, of stories like, um, uh, what's the dude you always talk about? He says away with all the atheists. Yeah. Polycarp. Polycarp. Love that dude. There's just so many stories of Christians who have faced corrupt, unjust governments that have, have treated them wrongly because of their faith. And their response is always the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's different is we're in a system now we actually have a say. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take advantage of it as, as an American, but it's not the most important thing. What's most important to me, no matter what happens is that, that Jesus is glorified and proclaimed out of my life. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I, I still think that maybe one of the best things that could ever happen in the United, United States is that we actually start suffering for the sake of Jesus, I think you're going to see thousands and thousands and thousands of people leave churches. And thousands and thousands more come to yep. Christ. And then you start mm-hmm. seeing more and more people getting saved. Not, mm-hmm. I'm not like, I don't really want that because that means it's less comfortable <laughs> for me. Mm-hmm. But I think as far as like the gospel goes, I think that's probably something that's, that's going to happen eventually. I think we will yeah. at some point be like the rest of the world. It, when, uh, when Obama, and you see this, you see it every few years. So anytime the conservative choice is not in office, you'll see Christian bumper stickers start popping up that says, pray for the president. And then underneath it, it says Psalm 109.8. Psalm 109.8 says, may his days be few and another take his place. Um, and it's a, it's a reference to Judas uh, who denied Christ and, or didn't deny Christ, but betrayed Christ. And, and it's interesting to me because Christians like, we laugh. It's funny, but that's not the position the Christian should take. Right. The position that the Christian should take is pray for the president. We want them to know Christ. Mm-hmm. The position that the Christian should take is Romans 13, that we pray for those who are in authority and, mm-hmm. and in Timothy as well, that we pray for the king. We pray for those who are in leadership, uh, that God would give them wisdom, and that God would give them direction. And so like the, this idea that Christians have is, oh, that's not my guy. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be cheeky about it, you know, and pray that his days will be few and another will take his place. That is that is that does not have at its core the gospel. That has at the core your ego, and that's there's problematic. A, there's a shift. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but um, there was a sneaky thing that happened. I don't know, probably ten to fifteen years ago, where there was a big topic. We just did a podcast on it recently that became like this hot topic in Christianity called social justice. Mm. Um, and social justice is when I first heard about it, I was like, I was hearing about like an organization rescuing people out of sex slavery. And I was like, man, this is some dope stuff. And then the more, the more and more I learned about it, the more I realized that social justice is not really gospel oriented. It is, it is a, the idea that people, people deserve certain rights as people, um, which I don't necessarily disagree with that, but right. the whole goal is like just getting people where they're all treated equally. And it became this thing within the church so much so now that you actually have a younger generation of Christians that would actually vote opposite the way you were talking about a second right. ago. And they're very cheeky about it because yeah. they're social justice warriors. Um, so what I'm, what I'm saying is like, now there's two sides. You see Christians like fighting each other over political viewpoints that are opposing mm-hmm. um, because now there is a whole nother camp of thought within Christianity um, that wasn't there before. And regardless, listen, I don't know where, where you land politically, but I think that the thing we should be cautious of is being known for people as people who are political more so than we're known for people who are followers of Jesus. Yeah. Like it's, 
it, to Micah's point, like you don't, you don't see Christians rising up against like banding together to rise up against the unjust governments. You find Christians who are banding together to support one another and love one another and carry one another through times of political unrest and to serve and to minister one another. But it's, it's interesting. It's uh, and other people and other people. Uh, yeah. Majority, bringing people as far along. as I understand, the majority of early hospitals were started by Christians. Oh, I don't doubt um, it. And there was, I heard stories about some hospitals like during the, the Spanish flu where Christians were the ones going into the hospital. They were the only ones to treat them. Yeah. Yep. Everybody else was afraid they're going to die, and right. the Christians are going in because they care about the people. But even in that, we would say, back to our social justice episode, that the only aim there can't be their physical health. Right. Mm -hmm. The aim there has to also be that we can show the love of Christ to people and, and portray Christ to Jesus. Or portray, never mind, you know what I mean. <laughs> we got it. Yeah. Procreate, procre well, I can't even say anything. I was gonna make fun of him. I was gonna make fun of you, and then I, ha ha, ha ha, ha. <laughs> That sounded, yeah. No, anyway. So, uh, our hope is in Jesus, which allows us to suffer here and now. Is what we said earlier, um, as a simpler view. Um, our hope being in Jesus, keep Christ's core. Golly, man, like they. It, that's the simpler view that we say at the end of every episode um, that bleeds into this as well. In the midst of the world being the world is not steady and consistent and it's, it's never going to be. And God never promised that that's never just like you said, that should never be our aim. It should never be what we fight for. And yet Christ is always consistent. And so we, we, we take who we are in Christ and we respond to the political unrest. And, and if you're at a place where you can vote, awesome. You can respond in the midst of that. And if you're at a place where you're not, okay, respond in the midst of that. And Christ stays consistent regardless of where you are in the world, regardless of if even if our political structures changes here in America, Christ still remains. And so Christ is, um, what did we say earlier? Our hope in Christ, our hope right. in Jesus remains consistent throughout political unrest. That's the simpler view. You guys had a good time at the Simpler Conference? Good, good. Speaking of good time, Steven's over there. Hey. And uh, he's, he's Yeah, you guys get to see Steven in the face. It's at the Garden Audio right there. Yeah. Appreciate it. That's the man behind the, the sound. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's him. Words. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Words. Um, yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep the, uh, the outro really easy this week. You know, we're going to just, as always keep crisis core, follow Steven, follow us on social media, say hello, hello, but keep Christ as core. What could be simpler than that? We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.